Hey there, this is Krista Wallace, and today I'm interviewing Joanna and Stephen Levy. The Levies have mentored me personally and professionally over the last 15 years, and I admire them deeply. This year, they are bringing back their Summer Institute, a full week of deeper learning for teachers and school leadership. So check the show notes for information, and let's get started. Hey folks, and welcome to Season 2 of Learning to Serve, the podcast that explores deeper learning in Christian schools. I'm Krista Wallace, creator, producer, and host of the show. Let's dive in. Joanne and Stephen, welcome to this podcast, Learning to Serve. Uh, the goal of this podcast is to bring to life the Christian deeper learning movement in our Christian schools really around the world. And Joanna and Stephen, every summer you offer something special. You offer a summer institute uh, for Christian educators. So can you tell us a little bit more about this summer institute? And we'd love to hear a little bit about your story as well. Okay. Thank you, Krista. It's Thank so you. good to see you and uh, talk with you. We got our start with you and uh, the school in, in the Dominican Republic that you founded and uh, some of the earliest work around really bringing together the best and deepest practices of education with um, the sort of adventure of grounding it in God's story came from our work together what was it 10 or 15 years ago oh a very long time ago like <laughs> 2005 maybe I think is when you first came wow <laughs> so Krista um this summer institute I think just offers something that is hard to find in other places and we call it uh, deeper learning in Christian education live it so the idea of living it is, I think, what makes it um, a, a unique opportunity, because um, we know that um, head knowledge about good teaching just doesn't get you very far when it comes to really growing as a teacher. It's, it's kind of like a street map. It, it may show you all the ways and, uh, and how to get there, but it doesn't show you where the traffic is. Mm. Well. Actually, I guess that our technology has sort of rendered that metaphor obsolete, but, but uh, there's still something true about when you just hear about something or even learn, okay, here's what you do in your head. When you get back to your classroom and you meet the traffic of 25 kids running around in the streets or aisles of your room and at their desk, um, it's very easy to kind of fall back on the, the sort of practices that you learn from your own education, which tend to be more traditional and textbook and teacher-led and directed. Mm -hmm. So our hope is that if we give teachers the experience of what it's like to be a deeper learner, um, take them through all the kinds of adventures that we hope they will turn around and give to their kids, that, that this would be a, a, a unique opportunity to feel in your heart, in your head, you know, and with your hands, what it's like to be involved in, in a deeper learning Christian experience. Oh, wow. That sounds great. Joanna, can oh, you add more to it? I'd love to add to that. So my first experience, I think, with this kind of learning was a number of years ago, I had the opportunity to do, to be part of an institute to learn how to write the lives of the elderly as a project. And 
we were there for about a week, a group of us, maybe 20 or 25, and we actually did it. We went to an assisted living, we interviewed people, we wrote up their biographies, we drew a portrait of them. And it was challenging. It was very challenging, especially drawing the portrait. We were stretched to the limit in some of the things we had to get done in this week. But by the end of it, I was so excited that I knew how to do this. I had, I had actually produced the book. I produced the biography of this woman, gave her a copy. We each got a copy. And I was so excited to bring this back to my classroom. And I'm not sure I would have been able to do that if I hadn't walked through this whole process myself and really seen the pitfalls and the joy of it, that it was really worth the amount of work it was gonna be. And this became sort of our hallmark project at the school where I've been for over 30 years. We've done it probably 10 or 12 times now. And the parents look forward to when their kids do it. Um, it has just had a transformative effect on how we look at project-based learning in our school. So I just can bear witness firsthand to what it means to actually experience a week like this, where you're living it yourself, you're a deep learner yourself, you're being stretched in ways that maybe you've never been stretched as a learner before. And to come out of that then with this, ex this experience and feel like I can do this with my class, I mean, you just, that's invaluable. That was so exciting. So at this summer institute, our are the teachers that are, are the educators that are coming in, are they coming in as students? Mm. We often tell them you're going to be wearing a teacher hat and a student hat during this week. And we'll tell them, okay, now put your student hats on because they will, they will be learning maybe in ways they've never been asked to learn before. And they will also be looking at it with teacher eyes as to how mm -hmm. can I bring this back to my class? So they get to live it out on two parallel levels much of the time. Yeah. That's awesome. So the, the structure is often such that we will um, we'll choose a project. It varies from year to year, um, always with the deeper learning definition in mind of, of doing real work for real people mm. that, that, that changes the world. It really has an impact on the world and also is formative in their own spiritual growth. So, so we choose a project and we lead people through it. And basically the rhythm of the week is, is experiencing it as learners and then stepping back, debriefing it as teachers and considering together, what are the implications? How would we, how would we implement what we've just experienced in, in our classrooms? And so there's a lot of practical tools and structures and protocols that, that, that are, are the kind of they're the kind of structures that help to incarnate a lot of times our good intentions and our high hopes and our deep values into the everyday life of what we're learning about in math and science and social studies and, and history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds incredible. So without giving away the project for the summer, because <laughs> we don't want to give that away. I know that's probably going to no. be a surprise. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I'd say I'd, I'd highlight that a little bit, Krista, because okay. that's, um, I'm glad you said that. It, it, it is part of when you want to be introducing a project to kids. Mm -hmm. If they all know, oh, I know we're just going to do this. Oh, we do that. It just, it, it just you, you enter it with a different level of anticipation. Mm -hmm. But if you enter it and you're not quite sure what this is about and you're, and you're given clues in, mm -hmm. in very intentional ways that you begin to formulate theories 
um, and then you get more information and then you have to adjust your theories and then you get more information and then finally you're at a place where, oh, that's what it's about. And you begin with an aha rather mm-hmm. than a, oh, okay, here we go. Right. So, so the intentional sort of, it's not that we want to surprise anybody as much as we want to, we want to experience again what it's like to be invited into a mystery. Yes. Yes. But we can say that it will be real work for real people. It will be a project that has real purpose to it. And it will be something that will enable teachers to see how to guide something like this, a process like this from the very beginning idea of it to the time when you exhibit it and celebrate the end of it. So kind of like a week-long slice. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) For anyone who's done the slice portion of our Christian Deeper Learning Conferences. Right. It's always the highlight yeah. of my time. <laughs> uh, That's great. It's exactly that. So, so maybe it's a thick slice. Um, a thick slice. <laughs> Not a thin with, slice. With this slice, I mean, and they're going to do it. So they'll sweat the night before trying to finish their final product. They'll, oh, they'll yeah. be thrilled as it gets presented to the real people. And so they'll have all the adventures of the learning. Um, but again, in a week rather than in, in a classroom where it might take 10 weeks. Sure, that's right. And so this is, the, I mean, literally, these educators might be experiencing something that they can take back to their classroom. Yes. Next school yes. year. Mm-hmm. Okay. We also give time for them to design their own projects like this with our, with our help and with templates and with lots of resources. So if it's not this project they want to implement, we will help them design one that would fit their, their school and their class. Is there, is there like a library of past projects, a past, um, you know, learning expeditions or, or, or project-based learning uh, projects that, that teachers can access? Mm. Stephen, you want to talk about that? Um, the, there are several places, I think, where people can, can just see examples of student work. Mm-hmm. I, where you refer, if you're referring to student work, mm-hmm. um, sort of I spent many years with the organization uh, EL Education, mm-hmm. used to be called Expeditionary Learning, and uh, we collected a tremendous um, amount of um, just samples of the kind of work that we're talking about here, where kids have made books and calendars and field guides and and lab reports and presentations to city councils and change laws and blueprints for an aquarium. Um, So um, EL Education, there's a uh, called Models of Excellence is a terrific site to see student work in this regard. And we create a bank of resources at our institute sort of all kinds of uh, templates for planning curriculum, um, instructional protocols that, that help teachers to, to, to craft lessons that involve all their kids. Um, it's, it's, it's not a teacher in the front and kids in their desks. And, and it's not either just, okay, kids, talk to each other. For kids to do that well takes a lot of preparation, a lot of teaching, a lot of practice. So, so there's there's tools and practices to help teach kids. Here's how you collaborate well in a group. Here's what it looks like when a group is highly performing. Here's how you can self-assess of how you do how you did today with those things you said you were going to do in terms of listening to each other or the other 
criteria for what makes a group successful. Um, so though there's protocols that, and these will all be available um, sort of through, um, through our website and the Christian Deeper Learning website. And assessment practices is another big one. So, so how do you use assessment to help kids get better, help them grow and learn both academically and spiritually, rather than something you tack on at the end that either rewards or punishes them for their performance. So, um, so, so lots of, of tools around um, how to use assessment well to help kids grow. And then um, also resources around building culture mm -hmm. and creating the kind of Christian community in your classroom where it becomes real that the goal is we all succeed and not one of us is able to make it if we all don't make it. And what are the implications of that for how we live and work and play together in our class? So again, that isn't something you can just say, oh, that's what we believe. It's like, how do you really do that? So, so we really get into how do you teach kids? How do you develop that kind of culture? Yeah. And then a big highlight of it is, is spiritual formation. Um, Joanna, you wanna say a word? Of yeah, we spend, uh, uh, one of our emphases is what is really effective character development and spiritual formation in a Christian school? And we know that lots of schools have wonderful words on the walls of virtues that they wanna live by, ways in which they wanna become more like Christ. And that, that's great, that's an important step. But what we have found is that we have to be much more intentional about it, that a Christian school is not gonna impart spiritual development to students just because they have chapel or they pray before class or the teachers are Christian, but that if you're trying to get kids to really want to be like Jesus and there are virtues that you're trying to uh, invite them into to grow in, then those virtues or those words have to be unpacked. They have to be in flesh. They have to be incarnated in your school on all kinds of levels and in all kinds of ways. They need definitions and symbols and they need liturgies and ceremonies and they need illustrative stories that are told about them. And the kids need to be affirmed when they're living those words out. So we spend a lot of time looking at how to do that in a school. And we also do it within the community of the educators who are participating. So we actually begin the first day with the six words that my particular school uses, um, you know, courage, humility, respect, there's six of them. And we say, how would these words look as we live them out together in the next five or six days? And we actually list action items, how we would see these words in action. And then people are guardian of certain words. And we reflect at the end of the day, how did we do with these words? Did we do well? Can you really affirm somebody for showing this word in a particular way so that the teachers, again, are living out something that they can bring to their students? And um, it, it's just wonderful to be able to do this all in, a, in the light of Christ as Christian brothers and sisters. It's very, very powerful. Wow. So this is far more than just instructional practices. Oh, yes. I mean, this, is, this is developing rhythms and attitudes and really kind of changing how we see ourselves as an educator. Mm, yeah, I think that's really true. I'd also like to say about this week that we, we really know that teachers need refreshing, especially now during COVID. Teachers are just wiped out, they're burned out. It's really hard. So our heart's desire is that this is also a time of deep spiritual refreshment for teachers. 
The place where it's held is beautiful. There's a lake, there's woods, there's trails. It's in an old mansion. <laughs> the food is great. We begin every day with worship. Um, you know, we have a time of prayer at the end for every school, a really focused time of prayer, praying over each school that's represented there. We really, our, our prayer is that teachers will have time to just really rest in the presence of the Lord while they're doing this. And we know that teachers also need to be re-inspired about how profoundly important their calling is. It's so hard to lose track of that, that this is God's deep work teachers are doing. So we really want to inspire, refresh, um, participate with the Holy Spirit in all that he wants to do during this time. So it's not just pedagogy. It's also, we hope, spiritually enlivening and refreshing for teachers. This is holy work. Amen. <laughs> yes. It is holy work. <laughs> so, okay. How long, how many years have you guys been offering this summer institute? This will be our sixth year. Your we sixth had to take two years off because of COVID. Yeah. So we really right. missed it, but this will be institute number six. Okay. So as you look back on some of the folks that attended maybe the first mm. year, what's, what's been kind of the long-term long lasting impact? Uh, for those educators that mm. were able to attend? Um, yeah, it's, it's terrific when we get to see someone like at a conference or a workshop or somewhere who we had been spent that week with. And, um, and the stories are varied. I think everybody would say, like you said before, even if they um, don't implement anything that they learn because just it's too hard. Mm their whole view of what it means to be a teacher and what's possible for kids to do is transformed. And, and they're disturbed in a way that, that you need to be disturbed in order to move out of your comfort place. I, I think much of God's work with me has been just that disturbance. Um, mm -hmm. I think the teachers that get the most out of it are um, maybe there's two kinds. One is there's about five different schools that have sent teachers every year. Okay. And so, so beginning to build some, some sort of consistency and language and practice that teachers bring back to their school and then sustain a bit supporting each other over time. Uh, another feature, I think, that has contributed to it being um, successful for schools is when teachers when schools send multiple teachers mm -hmm. so there's a school who sent 12 teachers one year um, and others who send five or six and again it's very difficult i think if you come as an individual teacher mm -hmm. to pick up something that may be radically different from what your school is used to to okay. take that back to your school with all the best intention but if you're not supported in the culture of the school um, it's just very difficult to sustain so, um, so, so the teachers who schools that have sent multiple teachers to to our uh, institute have found a much a much stronger impact when they come back and are able to sustain it in their school. And I think a third um, thing I've noticed is like some of the schools invite us to to come afterwards to follow up. Mm -hmm. So we've done a number of follow ups with teachers that have been at our. Um, institute and then gone back to see them in their school and then maybe a workshop for the whole faculty. Mm -hmm. I think those have been opportunities. We wish that there would be more opportunities for follow-up. I, mm -hmm. I think, you know, we all know that the sort of one-off experience doesn't really translate into much change in teacher practice. 
Um, but that follow-up then is, is important and having colleagues that you've experienced it with is important mm -hmm. and having deeply experienced it the way they do in the week they're with us is a little bit more than just a one-off. Um, mm -hmm. So well, there are several schools now that actually require their teachers to come to our institute, teachers who are new to their school. And there was one school I remember, I think they were there the first two years and they were really impressed with uh, just what we offered in terms of spiritual development and transforming the culture of a school. They actually adopted the six words from New Covenant School that I modeled for them, took them back to their community and saw a transformation in their culture within a year. So that was really, um, that was really gratifying to hear that they were able to reproduce that in their own school and see really good results from it. Yeah, I, I love that this was mandatory new teacher training. <laughs> and what a creative way to say, especially for yeah. small schools on small budgets, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's three schools who we can count on every year. All their new teachers have to be initiated or baptized yeah. by uh, this experience. Um, That's fantastic. That is fantastic. How many how many spaces are available for this summer institute? Uh, it, we can have up to thirty. So okay. it's a small group. Um, yeah. It needs to be small because it's a pretty um, it's a pretty tight knit experience, and people will make some great relationships and new friendships at these institutes. I know we have with yeah. educators who have come. That's great. Uh, okay, so in your opinion, if you were a, uh, a a school administrator listening to this podcast, what would you say is the most compelling reason why? your staff should come to the Summer Institute? Well, that would certainly be different for each school and the thing that they were working on. I can think of a few scenarios. Um, actually, the first that comes to mind is you have a teacher who has just been, been um, an incredible warrior mm. during these COVID times and has poured themselves out day in and day uh, not just for themselves or even just for themselves and their kids, but for the, the other teachers. Mm -hmm. And you wanted to reward this person with, uh, with a tremendous opportunity to learn and, and mm -hmm. refresh. That would, I would want to send a person as, as like a gift, as an mm -hmm. honor. Yeah. If I was a school and my teachers, you know, I, I, I knew we, we want to do more around projects. We, we want to do real work. We don't want to just be tied to the textbook. We don't want to just have teachers who feel like they're the middleman between, you know, the textbook publishers and the kids. Uh, we want our teachers to, and we have teachers who are doing, you know, some little thematic projects and, and those are good, but um, we'd really like to see them carry it to a deeper level. And so for teachers who've started, who have an interest in bringing their curriculum alive, giving kids real work, um, and I do these little, my pumpkin project and my apple project, and, and, um, and I do my, um, you know, can drive, uh, so I and, and I want to take that to a, to a deeper level where kids are actually learning important content in the course mm -hmm. of doing this, where they're actually experiencing Christian community in the course of doing this. They're actually seeing how they're playing their part in God's story intentionally mm -hmm. as part of this. Uh, those are good candidates. I think um, they get a lot out of what they see and experience there. 
So is this just for teachers or can educational leaders come as well? Yeah, no, we've had uh, many educational leaders um, mm -hmm. over the years as well. So um, I think an educational leader has to know and feel like mm -hmm. what good <laughs> if they if they I mean, in the same way, the teacher needs to experience it if they want to inspire their kids. I think a school leader needs to experience it mm -hmm. to know, you know, how to support their teachers. Mm -hmm. So uh, we we love to have um, school leaders participate. Yeah, thank you. Joanna, did you leave anything out? No, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I think I can think of one thing he left out. Um, and Joanna, you should be the one that you have talked about it. But but again, if um, if my school has, um, you know, we've got a great mission statement and we've got all this vision, we have great character words. Um, we have chapel and we have Bible and um, and um, and yet we have some sense that that well, just we, we sort of we're not really living. Mm. The mm -hmm. Christian story, uh, day in and day out, in everything that we do, and we'd really like to 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 just be more authentic in 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 realizing the mission and the promise that we give to our parents about what is excellence, what is mm. biblical worldview, what is biblical integration, huh? and mm. uh, sort of beyond just what it sounds like into the experience of what it feels like um, and the tools to help to build it, that those would be good people to come to the Institute. Mm. Yeah, if, if you're like, what does it mean to really teach Christianly what does that mean? Uh, anybody who's hungry or feels like Stephen called it a disturbance, but I think there's a hunger, there's a vision that there's more and mm -hmm. that we as Christian schools should be just the finest schools ever. We have the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit. We have God's wisdom. Um, we should be amazing schools. Every one of our schools, and they'll be different, but they should be amazing. They should be the most, they should be just fountainheads of creativity and innovation and i'm afraid many of the times we're not and but if there's a hunger like wow something's missing or there's more deeper mm -hmm. more <laughs> um so deep calls to deep if, mm -hmm. if, if that's you we want you <laughs> yeah well and if we're to be light and salt how can we be bright and how can we be yeah. saltier <laughs> amen Amen. Right? Yes. Because yes. we really are Christian. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe our Christian schools should be such a place where people feel welcome and loved and they're beautiful spaces. And when they yes. walk on our campus, there's just this, they really do sense God's presence in every single mm. corner, you know? Yes. From the front people at the front office to what's happening in the classrooms to the work that's displayed. Uh, to the to the level of engagement that our students are invited into into our own communities, and that's revolutionary. Many of yeah. our schools don't think that way. Yeah. Yet, if we are to be light and salt, how can we be bright and saltier? <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's what we're about. Yeah, it's an exciting. It's exciting work. It's an exciting time to be a Christian educator. Yeah. Because we really feel like Aslan is on the move. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed, Aslan's on the move, and there's just a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. blowing across this land, and I don't think it's just our land, mm -hmm. of Christian educators saying, uh, 
there, there's, there's like a new horizon here and we're going to enter it. And it's, it's really an exciting time to be in Christian education. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Uh, okay. Question. How have you guys been personally impacted through? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> our our, our marriage see. always comes up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You are married to each other. <laughs> But you can't teach something like this over and over and not be personally impacted. I mean, the whole, no. the whole reason why you're offering this is because this has personally impacted you professionally, spiritually, personally. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about that. You want to go first, Stephen? Well, I, I will say um, just in our marriage and what we've learned about working together. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from anything that happens at the Institute and it, it's more private, but, but it's, um, we have really different styles of working. And so um, I have personally I, noticed that working. With <laughs> and I'm the main culprit because uh, for me, I, I just think so much about the dance of the week, about the choreography day to day, about the, the elegant connections of what we did on Tuesday at 11 o'clock to where we pick up that thread on Thursday at three. And, and so I'm constantly sort of trying to see how it fits together, um, sort of representing the, the beautiful interdependence and connectedness of God's world. Because I figure as much of that you get to experience, I, I, that contributes to feeling like you're part of something that's, that's holy, like you said before, even in the space, but also in the time. So I think a lot about that. And, and always uh, you come up toward the end and there's just a few pieces that don't quite fit right, but they're okay. They'll be fine. Nobody will notice. And so we sort of let that be. We make our copies, our handouts, our agenda, our PowerPoints. And then like the night before, I will realize this is it. Here's exactly how we could connect this piece to that. And, and oh, it just means we have to change this reading on Monday afternoon. Oh, and we have to move this here. That, and, and of course, the, the day is tomorrow. So um, and Joanna's going to kill you. And she's, <laughs> yes. she's, not, she's yes. not pleased when, when that happens. So we've learned to work a lot of those uh, um, problems out. But nevertheless, and some of them play out during the Institute itself. And um, I have to say one of the comments that, that I think we've gotten every year by one person when we debrief the, the whole conference of what are you taking away? Uh, and somebody says something about, um, just the model that you two were as husband and wife, your, your bickering and your humor and your support <laughs> and love of each other just shown through so much that that's the thing I'm going to take away most. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, anyway, that, that's not what you were asking really, but that is one of the things that I've learned that we've done this year by year. But I think also, Krista, the... Um, just we've been so inspired by, again, the work that Joanna mentioned that we just feel the Holy Spirit is doing in a number of different Christian schools and all the teachers that come to us and their hunger and their desire feeds us and just convinces and, 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 um, and fans the flames in us of what God is doing and the mm. gratitude that we get to be part of it. 
So seeing that world increase, seeing now that we have 130 people that you know have been through our institute, and um, and and just feeling the sense of of being part of this greater community of God's work in education mm. is something that grows uh, year by year. Mm-hmm. I had this picture once, Krista, at the end of one of our institutes. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a diorama where you press a button and it lights up of the location. It's like you press, oh, there's Paul Revere's house or there's, it was, it was like that only it was of the whole country. And it was like every school represented there and all the schools that had been represented and all the teachers we knew who were really trying to move in the Holy spirit. It was like, there was another light in each of those locations. And there was this web of, light beginning to light up the country and it was just so exciting and that's that's how I feel that it's we get to be part of that web of what God is doing right now it is it's this week of the institute although it's tremendously hard work it's the hardest work we do all year is also my favorite week of the year I think because it's just so wonderful to be with like-minded educators we always learn from them it's just an amazing um Holy Spirit-filled week. We pray over the Institute a lot before it happens. Our church is generally praying for us. Um, and it's just an, it's a really wonderful week. It's my, one of my favorites of the year. So is there anybody else that's there during the week or is it, is it, are you two of the primary instructors, correct? Is there the primary ones? We have anybody else come in. We sometimes we have experts come in to teach the uh, participant skills that we can't teach them for the project we're doing. Okay. Um, yeah, we always have an expert come in, but um, we're the only group at the retreat place. So we really feel like we have the run of it. Um, that, that often is true. Sometimes there's other smaller groups that are there as well, but the, um, and we go on field work. So that's always one of the things we do. So one day we actually go out and into the community and mm. whatever our project is, we explore and we meet experts and other people around, but, but the two of us are the main instructors during the week. That's great. All right. Um, if I wanted to sign up, what would be my next steps? What would you, where do I find information for how to, how to register? Yeah, thank you, Kristen. Kristen, you're, you're, you're welcome to come. I mean, we would, <laughs> thank you don't you. have to sign up. You can just come. And we'll, That's if very you, tempting. <laughs> but if you wanted to sign up, um, the Christian Deeper Learning website, which is just uh, one word, small letter, christiandeeperlearning.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a button on conferences and, um, and it will take you to the Summer Institute of 2022. Um, and, uh, and then the information is there. there I, I don't think the, the registration form is, is ready yet, but information about the conference is all there. So that would be the place to look. The registration will be open soon. Okay. Awesome. All right. Any last words of wisdom? I don't know if I have any wisdom. I just want to say to teachers, keep on keeping on. (laughs) The work you do is so important. And may God refresh you and give you peace and shalom in your work and in your personal life. our hearts are just so for teachers and the amazing work that they do. 
Amen. 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 Stephen, any last words? Uh, just to thank you, Krista, um, for yeah, all that you've done you. in the world of deeper learning and Christian education and the ways in which um, from building a school to uh, now working in, I know, the way you do in supporting um, Christian schools and teachers and leaders and students. Um, so we're very grateful to be partners with you in this work. Amen. You know, it is, it is a joy when we feel compelled by the Holy Spirit to do something that we never thought we would ever do or ever thought yes. was possible. And yes. I, I sense, I mean, we've been friends for a long time. <laughs> and it yep. is so fun to do this holy work together and begin to yes. see it's it's not about us right mm -mm. it's not about any of us it's really mm -mm. expanding god's kingdom through christian amen amen we should also invite people to our um conference of deeper learning it, um, in San Diego. So we are coming together for a couple of days to visit mm -hmm. some schools that are doing deeper learning. Um, if you're there, come say hello to Joanna and I. We'll be there. Uh, Chris, I'm sure you will be too. I will be there too, yes. Yes, and I'll give more information at the end of this podcast about that. Okay, so. terrific. All right. Thanks, Thanks All right. friends. We love Thank you. Thank you, Chris. So good. You. So good. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I invite you to share this with a friend and give us a five-star rating wherever you find your podcast. I also invite you to visit our website at christiandeeperlearning.org. Check out our brand new blog posts that explore deeper learning in Christian schools and also register for CDL5, our in-person conference in San Diego, California, March 7 and 8. Remember this quote from Howard Hendricks, Christian education is like a bomb with a long fuse. It takes a while to go off. <laughs> <laughs>